Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gray's Academy. I am one of your co-hosts, Kelsey. And I am one of your co-hosts, Carmen, and it is a beautiful day to podcast. And Kelsey, might I just say, you look wonderful tonight. Thank you so much. I don't feel wonderful. My back hurts, but at least we're not sick people anymore. Does your back hurt from carrying this podcast because Ugh, of how talented constantly. you are? <laughs> Only for the past year, am I right? No. Um, wow. It hurts because of two children and I have terrible posture. Mm. So guys, this is your weekly reminder to sit up straight and do stretches. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. Because um, it hurts. I'm reaping, reaping the rewards of treating myself like trash. <laughs> it's going really great. At least you're not six foot plus and like have have all of the i have a, i have a higher center of gravity so it's just all the weight of the world pushing down on my lower also back. the world isn't fix. built for people your t- your height like you just have to like there's more ducking down and like yeah, dodging things yeah. world's just yeah. not built for you remember that time oh gosh when i when we flew to you guys and i had to like a duck on the airplane that was the worst no thanks remember when or we that flew t- to europe and you were i was about to say so we flew mad. to europe <laughs> So quick sidebar conversation. Uh, and, and this one goes out to, uh, to our friend, uh, our friend Kelly, who's, who works in the airline industry. This is for she you. Um, also, we Instagram messaged and we love you very much. And you are basically famous. Just want to let you know. Um, uh, duh. Uh, but we were, we were flying to Europe for our joint honeymoons, uh, as, as the, the, the two of us do. And uh, I remember waking Jessica up in the middle of the flight overnight and she was like sound asleep, and I woke her yeah, up. I hadn't she's slept. Tiny. For, yeah, uh, I hadn't slept for like seven hours, and I was like, Jessica, you better have the best fucking trip of your life because we will never come back here. Uh, <laughs> and I woke her up just to say that. So I was for sure an asshole in that moment. But we we're gonna go back. It's it's okay. Yeah, we're gonna go back. Hopefully, we'll get famous enough that we can like fly first class, famous and rich, not just famous. Yeah, famous and yeah. rich. I, I was to gonna say we'll get our own get our own private jet, but I would rather just sit first class in one of those big boys. Yeah. Also, like I want to fly in a private jet, but they're just like so environmentally irresponsible. It's I'm it's conflicting because like it's really terrible for the environment, but like must be nice to be fancy. Yeah, we got to get one of those electric jets. Oh yeah, I didn't when know they make those <laughs> with yeah. lucid when they those make it. Next. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty, now, before we um, start the episode proper, we have a fun shout-out we're going to do. We shout have, out! Shout-out our first Patreon! Whoop, whoop! We have Alicia! <laughs> Alicia! Yay! Yay, 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 yay! Um, thank you so much, Alicia. She joined our Patreon. There are three levels. You can become a intern, fellow, or attending that is up to you. They have different benefits. They include getting a shout out on the podcast. Shout out. Hello. We're so excited. I truly was very excited when I got the email. I almost called Carmen, but it was like seven o'clock my time in the morning, which means it was six o'clock his time. And this man doesn't roll out of bed till like 2 p.m. So I didn't call wow. him, but I was really excited about it. <laughs> First off, that might be an exaggeration, but it's a little bit of an exaggeration. I was up at 6.20 this morning for a quick uh, a.m. workout before work. Well, that's 7.20 my time. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Alicia, welcome to the Dude Thoughts. Uh, the f- uh, oh, nope. God. Welcome to the bless it, Carmen. <laughs> wow, welcome. Other that's the other podcast. I'm sorry. Welcome to the Gray's Academy family, and uh, we're thrilled to have you. We, we are. It means a lot. You. It was we also. Have, sorry. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go. No, you, you go ahead. I was just going to say ahead. we have already recorded more content. We're um, working on getting it up. Getting it up uh, on getting. Oh, I it got put- no problems getting it. Oh, sorry. Okay, putting it on the website for you to enjoy, and we have lots more Patreon ideas. So, if you have any you want to share, any questions, please send them our way. We will respond. We will record the um, the contents for you. And uh, if anyone else is interested in checking out our Patreon options, you can check out. There's a link in this description. There's also a link in our link tree on our Instagram bio. So you can find it in multiple places. Um, And while you're doing that, you can also make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Um, Give us a rating review, tell your friends, tell your family. And um, yeah, so that's our big news. And Alicia, I, I want you to know that, uh, no one, no one holds a candle to you in both your, your, uh, your beauty, your brains, your bravery, and your boldness. The big four, the four big B's of life. Uh, I just made that up on the spot. That was great though. (laughs) I don't think anyone would question that. The four big B's of life. Beauty, brains, bravery, and boldness. I'm impressed you remembered it the second time. I know. I was actually really, I was like, what was the first one? It feels like a year ago. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So now that we've done that, let us get into our actual Grey's Anatomy-ing. This is episode 13 of the third season. It is the 49th episode overall, which is a big deal. Next week's the 50th episode. Can't Ayo. believe it. Um, this episode is titled Great Expectations. Carmen. And Great Expectations is a song uh, yeah. by Kiss. Uh, so this song did not do super well on its own uh, charting, but it was off of the album Destroyer, which is the fourth studio album that was released on March 15th, 1976 by Kiss. So um, the album uh, reached the top 40 in the U.S., and uh, it was the first uh, Kiss album to, to chart in Germany, uh, and also it was the first Kiss album to chart in New Zealand. So very big, very big stuff. Uh, the singles off of that album were uh, Shouted Out Loud, God of Thunder, Flaming Youth, Detroit Rock City, and Beth, which is a classic. Uh, also, this reached as high as number uh, six in Australia and Canada. So uh, very big fun stuff here. The song itself was just okay. Um I I'm I'm a, I'm a decent Kiss fan. They're okay. Uh, any of those those you know, '60s, '70s, '80s rock bands are kind of all the same to me. Um, excuse me. And Kiss is just one of those like anthem anthem rock bands that just was very. They're okay. You you know who Kiss is. Um, but anyways, that's what I got for you guys. The song was just okay. I I genuinely so um looking at the uh the lyrics. Let me pull those back up for you. Um, I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head that I thought it was going to go, uh, specifically about the, the episode, but I think they, they talk about expectations in the opening line of, of the show. Uh, so that made, 
that makes sense, not, like watching it after listening to this. But uh, you've got great expectations was one of the, the, the themes of the the song over and over. Um, you catch me singing the song. You see what my mouth can do. Sexual. Uh, and you wish you were the one I was doing it to. Sexual. Uh, and you watch me playing guitar. And you feel what my fingers can do. Sexual. And you wish you were the one I was doing it to. Well, listen. You've got great expectations. That doesn't make sense in the medical thing that I think uh, they were trying to do with this episode. But uh, very sexual nonetheless. And that's what I got for you Quite. guys. And glad that we could all share this sexual moment together. Indeed. Um, okay. Thank you so much for that. I feel enlightened. Um, this episode was written by Eric Buckman. Eukman. One or the other. Uh, directed by Michael Grossman. It's funny. Uh, aired January 25th, 2007 to 21.5 million views, which last one was 21.9. So we're in the same range. And uh, let's check out that Netflix synopsis, shall we? Um, okay, here we go. Great expectations. Bailey proposes the creation of a free clinic. A Seattle Grace doctor receives a proposal from Dr. Bailey about the clinic. No, from something much, <laughs> much different. And not just one, <laughs> two, fucking two. What? Yeah. 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 It's uh, Carmen uh, couldn't keep to himself after this one, guys. I shut him down real fast, but he had he immediately texted me and said this fucking episode. So he had some immediate feelings about it. I did. Immediate. I did. I, I will say, so I'm, I'm going to jump all the way to the end here and I will okay. get back to it. I'm just really glad that neither of them answered before the end of the episode. Well, obviously it was a great, I'm a sucker for cliffhangers. Yeah. I just, I love it. Yeah. Um, it's good times. This was a, this is a, this is a cliffhangery one. I also went back and, um, revisited some of your uh, more recent predictions so that we can talk about how incorrect they were. I think only one maybe was really bad and incorrect. There was at one point, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it. We'll, we'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. Okay. Actually, I think both my, both my predictions about those two couples was wrong. Actually, we don't know. I think the jury's still out on one of them. It's true. Who knows? Anyways. Technically both. You don't know where either yeah, one of those is Technically going. both. Technically both. Technically Basically, both. You heard it here first, everyone. Kelsey said, Kelsey said, I'm a genius is what uh, we're all hearing here did not say that ever once in my life um okay that actually did you might have be true recap you may never have yours? no no i had no okay. recap no i didn't either but then i was like remember the last time i said i didn't have a recap so i kept rewinding it i was like no there has to be one and there wasn't so okay. there was for sure no recap i was even You'd like damn no recap like, okay <laughs> harold died like at, le at the very least harold died Izzy has they money. just recap that entire two episodes <laughs> together like that's it harold's dead izzy's rich Kelsey's yawning. That's the recap. That's the recap. And we are back. And here we are. Okay. Let's get on into it. Uh, no recap. Uh, Bailey is standing in a blur of hospitaling. She's, sta she's, she's just staring off into the world, evaluating her life and her choices and how, how she's arrived at this location. That's what she's doing. I was nervous that it was going to be one of those, like, uh, rewind moments like that one with christina and the blood and everything mm. and i was like oh my gosh is something bad gonna happen to bailey my heart cannot handle that right now oh thank you 
Um, okay, so Derek. <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? I said Derek, and then I laughed. No, before that, you said no thank you while you yawned? Is that what you were saying? Oh, I was saying no thank you. I don't want anything to happen to Bailey. Oh, yeah. And then you laughed at Derek. What, what are you laughing about? This scene. The scene is funny. Oh, this Yeah. Call it in a dinner party? No. Yeah. The four of them have dinner. Uh, Christina and Burke are still not speaking, just to the point where Christina is now not even eating Burke's food. Um, or he's not preparing it and offering it one or the other. Uh, she's eating cereal on the counter while the, the three of them sit at the table like normal adults. Um, I find it very funny. Meredith says, you have to feed her. She can't cook. She'll die. And uh, Christina's like, I have cereal, so I'm fine. And um, no milk. Just, just straight funny. up dry ass cereal from the box. It's just funny how many people they drag into this. I don't even want to call it an argument because they're not arguing. It's just like they're just dragging so many people into their shenanigans nothing their nothingness but why very funny why in what world did burke think it was a good idea to invite them over and what world did they think it was a good idea to accept well they were like i need to know well derek was probably like let's not go and meredith was thinking no we'll go and we'll make them talk to each other it'll be great they'll have to talk to each other if we're there i need that i need that precursor episode is what i (laughs) Where it's just Derek and Meredith on the way to the house in the car. <laughs> um, so that's funny. And then um, Derek's like, oh, I heard this rumor that the chief is retiring. And uh, Burke's like, oh, what an, what an interesting rumor that you heard. That you heard that rumor. That's a rumor. And Christina just like makes a snort noise. And Derek um, is like, oh, it's true. He's he's retiring. It's true. It's true. Um and Christina's like, yep, and he was going to give the job to Burke, but now Burke won't take it, and it's my fault. It's just like, Jesus Christ, just like so much, just airing all the laundry. Although, all of it, literally Realistically, all this is exactly what the four of us do. We have no boundaries, and we'll argue just so much in front of each other. It's, uh, yes, I mean. And also ask each other to take sides. <laughs> the, you will pick sides right now. Um <laughs> I, my only difference with that is it would be like Michael and I both wanting the same job and then Jessica being like, oh yeah, Carmen was going to get it. And then he said no or some shit or like I threw a pancake at the wall and now (laughs) Carmen doesn't get the job. And Michael was like, oh, but I wanted that job, right? Like that's, that's so different than us having our own arguments and both of you picking your sides. Uh, we do do that. We do argue. That is what I mean to say. We just we just argue in front of each other. Yes. The, to yes. me, the concept of them like having this awkward dinner party to me is not that unrealistic because that's we would do that. Yes, that I agree <laughs> with. We would we would get into a fight and then go to the dinner party and then not talk to each other the entire night. Yeah, absolutely. But talk to the other the guests, just not the person in the relationship. And make passive aggressive comments about the other person to the absolutely. other guests. Absolutely, a hundred percent. That is us. Yeah. Um, so that's relatable. Um, uh, uh, then, um, yes. Uh, so then it shows Meredith and Derek at home and Meredith is like concerned about her friend and Derek is just concerned about his career. Shockingly, not anything else, just himself. Yeah. Pretty self-absorbed in this scene. Um, who is surprised? Not I. Um, so, uh, yeah, he's just rambling about it. Uh, and then Izzy knocks on George's door and she has a nice big tray of baked goodies. 
And she's like, oh, I made you like all this stuff in case you're sad. Come out, come out. And Callie comes out and she's mostly nude. And she's like, oh, my God, George won't stop having sex with me. Please help me. And Izzy's like, what What the fuck is happening? Um, and Callie says her vagina's broken. So that's fun. Um, and uh, she puts Izzy on George Watch 2007. Um, so we... Confirmed it's 2007 canonically. Um, and uh, yeah, so then Callie runs away and it's funny. This scene was funny on multiple levels. Number one, uh, because like I, I did not expect that when Izzy was going to bring the muffins to George. I literally, I was writing, um, oh, Izzy bringing George muff. What the fuck, Callie? Sex <laughs> three times? My man. Um, that was my stream of consciousness. If you guys yeah. couldn't tell, um, but so here's here's the thing. She sees his dong. Oh Izzy yes, sees I his wrote lean. this note. As well. They're gonna fuck. This is laying the groundwork for them having sex. The reaction to the wiener seeing is really, really wh- where I feel like the discussion needs to be had. Right. Okay. So Izzy sees George's wiener and the face she makes, she's, she does, first of all, does not look away. No, she doubles down. She she is looking with intention and enjoyment. Yep. And, uh, you know, um, it's just awkward to me. I feel like it's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we know in this timeline of hers right now, she's not having sex. The only people that she got close to having sex with was, at, well, she had sex with Alex. She did have sex with Alex. And then she killed Never Denny. Never had sex with Denny. <laughs> Never had sex with Denny. Uh, and then she had sex with that hockey player, we have to imagine, at one point before yeah. they broke up. Uh, but they're now going to have sex. She's going to have sex with George. It's going to happen. Do you think like, like George probably proposed to Callie and then like whatever Callie answered, he went and had sex with Izzy. Is that what you think happened? Like if she said yes, then he was having celebration sex with Izzy. And if she said no, then he was having sad sex with Izzy. Um, yes, both, both answers are going to happen and I'm doubling, tripling, quadrupling, quintupling down. Uh, no, quint is six, right? Penta, penta is five. Nope. Yeah. Penta is five. Anyways, I'm a nerd. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think I think what's going to happen is Callie's going to say no. She's going to confide in. He's going to confide in Izzy. They're going to have sex, and then Callie's going to come back and go. Actually, you know what? The answer is yes. And then the the next seven seasons is going to be them going. We were on a break. Oh, perfect! I love that. <laughs> no, that's very original. I've never seen that plot before. You heard it here first. Um, also, I wrote down this quote. This is not grieving. This is my legs bending in ways they do not bend, which Callie says <laughs> before she runs away. So not only is George um, having a um, voracious appetite, as Callie says, but a uh, a differing appetite, I guess, than what is his usual appetite from what she is saying. Seems Good like. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Good for her. 
Well, apparently it's not good for her. Well, the first three times, I'm sure she enjoyed the first three times. It's, but it, the fourth would have would have taken her over the top. Apparently, she had to run away. Um, okay, so Alex is chasing down Addison in the hospital, and she's being weird and trying to avoid him. He's like, you've been avoiding me for a week. And she says, no, I haven't. And he's like, okay, what the fuck ever. Um, and then she and Callie run into each other on the stairs. And Addison says, I kissed Karev. And Callie says, George has become a sex machine. And then they both go, hmm, and leave. That is, when, when I, I, a lot of things are funny to me. But that is, that is perfect Carmen humor. Yeah. Just the, hmm. And then they walk away. Oh, it was chef's kiss. I loved that scene. I watched yeah. it like four times. That's and it wasn't one. like laugh out loud. It wasn't slapstick. There was no, no. punchline. It was just matter of fact, you know, and that's it. And it was funny. And it's just like an in passing moment, which I like. Yeah, there was it wasn't a, a focal point of the show and it was still great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, OK, so then they're in the locker room and Izzy's trying to convince all the other interns that they need to do something about George because he's having a lot of sex. But like, I don't. OK, let's get into Izzy's weird control thing, because it is rampant this episode she's like obsessing and i understand that she has also recently gone through a loss so i guess she feels that she's like the the resident expert on what to do when someone you love dies i don't know like it's just really weird and she's like stop having sex with your girlfriend and be sad which is just not like a supportive friend like i understand being like if you want to say hey you know, just and encourage the conversation like, hey, if you want to talk, I'm here. Or if there's anything else you can think of that will make you feel better, I'm happy to, to do anything to help. But like she's doing that and also basically being like, you have to stop having sex because it's not normal. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a weird combination of empathy and judgmental. And yes. I don't know if she feels like that's. That that is what Callie meant when she said you're on you're in charge is get him off my back, but uh, I think there's a way to encourage George to have a natural conversation about that, and Izzy just doesn't do that. She's yeah, just and I say, a lot of like times when people grieve, if it, if it doesn't look the way people think that grieving should look, then they're just judgy and they're like, well, you're not sad. If you, if I don't see you being how I would be in the situation, then you're not sad. Which is unfair because people process things differently and people have different needs. 100%. And apparently George is sex. Um, so, uh, oh, uh, none of them will help. And Izzy's like, the fuck is wrong with everybody? And um, Meredith says that Christina and Burke still aren't talking. And uh, Derek kept her up all night bitching about not being chief. Because he's selfish. And then she's like, and I don't know what's wrong with Alex. And he's like, nothing's wrong with me. I'm fine. I don't have, there's nothing wrong. Why, why would nothing's wrong? I'm great. Um, and Christina says, talking first is for losers and I'm winning. <laughs> Which is good for her. This is she's a really a good Christina episode. This is such a good Christina. Episode. She needed a good win. She is a winner in my book. Um, okay, and so then Izzy is just being obsessive about the George and Callie sex and just, like, telling him he's doing grief wrong. I don't know. It's just, I didn't like it. 
Um, they find Addison and she's like, let's go meet this patient in the pit. Then uh, Dr. Weber is is getting on the elevator and uh, Bailey and Derek both chase him down and they both say they need to talk to him. And he says, oh, can you do it in this elevator? And Derek's like, no, mine's epic. Oh mine's so God. epic. Fucking Derek in the I cannot like I can. I don't like this man. I don't like him. I don't know if that's been made clear yet. I just what are your what are your thoughts on not, Derek? Man, let's just, we're revving up because at the end, oh man, oh man, am I mad at the end of this one. Um, so yeah, he's just the fucking worst. Everything's about him. Uh, so then, um, Dr. Bailey gets in the elevator with Dr. Weber and, um, he is like, you can tell me whatever you're going to tell me in the elevator. And so she says she wants to open a free clinic and he's like, the fuck do you want to do that for? Um, and I just hired all of these expensive ass surgeons from across the country. Yeah. So I can't afford your free clinic, Miranda. Truthfully, that seems to be how he feels. Um, okay. So they are seeing Addison's um, patient who is there with like her biffle. And uh, Izzy goes to do a pelvic exam and like immediately something is wrong, which is uh, bad. If you can see it, like that immediately, then it's bad. It's bad. Um, and it's uh it's it's like a bummer moment when she when they she realizes that it's really bad. And um the girl's like, wait, he didn't get to look. And you should get to also look. And Georgia's like, No, I don't need to. And she's like, No, it's a teaching hospital, you should get to learn. And uh, so he looks in and just sees a tumor just sitting right there. Which but before the break, imagine. you don't actually know what it is, and I thought That's it was true. a penis. Oh, did you really? I did. Interesting. But then I was like, "Your brain well. is weird." <laughs> but I thought also. So here's the thing, though. I actually thought that they were in a relationship together at first, uh, and I also was like, "I don't think they'd be making this big deal about." having a penis because it shows pretty progressive. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I was like, I don't know what, but I, I genuinely didn't know what it was for some reason. Like tumor never crossed my mind. <laughs> Any kind of ailment never crossed your mind. It had to be a penis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or penis two vaginas. The only bad thing. <laughs> two or there vaginas. were, or there were two vaginas next to each other, like a pair of glasses. Like the girl who had two uteruses. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we was get that the, the girl that card. cheated? That was a girl that cheated on her. They her, were broken up. They were on, they a, were break. on a break. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes. Um, okay, so um, title card at seven minutes forty five seconds. So yes, she has a giant tumor. They can see it with their naked eye just when they look in. Not good. Uh, then we find out that basically Jilly and Rachel left their home when they were sixteen, um, and they. Are, it's just the two of them out in the world together. They're very, very close. Obviously, they're like, quote unquote, chosen family. Um, and they it, they don't say really like what, where they left until later when the parents show up. Um, and I was like, you I mean, obviously, I already knew what the situation was. But I'm like, how does this sound if you don't know? Like, it sounds kind of culty. 
Um, did Aren't you have Puritans a thought? Kind, no, no, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think they were going to be Amish. <laughs> I had uh, no thoughts. Uh, I, I never once had a thought. Uh, also, sorry, I had to go blow my nose real quick. It was just like, it was just up there, you know? Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know really what to expect with that. I thought that genuinely they were like runaway kids or something like that. Like, it yeah. just, just like a trailer park. And I thought it was going to be a moment where Izzy was like, oh, I'm going to connect with you. I also lived in a trailer park and mm-hmm. uh, something like that. But there is a couple of scenes throughout this this episode where I think, they couldn't have gotten someone better with Izzy because Izzy knows what it's like to be conflicted about your upbringing. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but the scene where they actually find the parents in the, the, the ER later on is hilarious. Also, um, your, to your point about like Izzy being a good doctor for them, I think she's also good because she's very much, uh, one for like recognizing, chosen family because i think she really needs that kind of connection that she has with like george and meredith um so i think to see like someone else sharing that and then like to think about potentially losing it i think is where a lot of the emotion in this episode comes for comes from for for her yeah and also thinking about chosen family i think you and i are a good example of that i was just gonna say the four of us definitely are and uh Yeah. yeah It's uh, it's definitely good times. We have lots of chosen, f- chosen family from from Florida that we all found each other. Yeah, and even though we're not all still there together, we still all talk constantly. Yeah, and maybe that uh, chosen family will come together and do an episode of Grace together at one point, and we'll talk about Mm-mm-mm. family. Stay tuned. Ohana means family, and family means the Grace Academy podcast. Yes. Um, I just took so- a gigantic piece of lint out of my belly button. Oh my God, Carmen, take practice hygiene. <laughs> I shower and bathe myself every single day. I don't know where it came from. It wasn't there this morning. This is what Patreon is for, okay? This is, this is what people <laughs> pay extra money to hear. Stop giving away your late right. content for free. Yeah, tune in to our Patreon for an hour and a half of lint and uh, not okay. the chocolate. <laughs> nice. Okay, so, um, where where am I? Okay, this oh, is the Sloan, next scene is all about Mark. Yeah, Sloan takes Alex and Meredith to a patient. He's like, he has bed sores. He needs his dressings changed every two hours. And they're like, well, as soon as we finish, we have to start over again. To which he says, "I'm crying on the inside," which is a delightful and caring response. Um, and then he says he's leaving. But like doesn't really get into it. And they're like, oh, what the fuck? He's leaving. Um, and then Dr. Bailey chases down Dr. Shepard and asks for his support on the free clinic. And he's a raging turd because he's not getting his way with the chief. So he's going to be vague and pouty about it to everybody else. All he uh, does is throw little bitch ass pity parties. And he's I always know. got this dumb little sad look on his face of like, I can't believe they just kicked my dog because I shot their cat. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> What a fun analogy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he fucking blows. Like, don't ever say no to Dr. Bailey. Ever. Uh, ever. So, so then um, Callie and Christina are going to the ER, and Callie asks Christina how George is doing. And um, Christina's like, he's fine, I guess. Um, 
And then Callie gets into the whole like sex information and Christina's like, well, we're not friends. Please don't tell me about what George eats. And uh, Callie basically was like, you know what? I was trying to like make sure we were on the same page about helping George, but never mind. I don't like you. And Christina goes, oh no, now my feelings are hurt. That's uh, hilarious. Very funny. That was for sure a you scene. Like I knew that yes. that was a scene that you were going to enjoy. Yes. Because I love Christina scenes, all of them. Um, always. And I also like the dynamic that throughout this episode, we kind of start seeing to bud between her and Kelly and maybe they won't, they will actually like each other. Who's to say? Well, you also, you get, you get a good amount of Callie in this episode with, mm-hmm. with kind of everyone except, yeah. well, you, you get her a little bit with Izzy. You get her a little bit with, uh, George, you get her with Christina, you get her with Addison. You don't really get too much of Callie and Meredith. I don't think if, if any, but, uh, Callie has a lot of good inner relational pieces that are being built in this episode. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how they continue to build on that. I like her as a character, but I know that she doesn't live. She's going to die for sure. <laughs> you know it. You if know she, she dies. If, if I just assume that everyone, who, I assume that everyone who leaves this show is going to die. Ah, okay. That's fun. Um, okay. So actually, what what I actually thought of for us to do on Patreon is we're going to go through the entire cast and I'm going to have you tell me if you think they're still on the show in current times. And if you think they aren't when they left and how they left. Oh, so that, fuck. that will be Patreon content coming in the next couple of weeks. If you that's going to be that out. fun. Yeah. Do that. That's let's go. Go do the Patreon so you can hear that because I don't even know what I'm going to say. I have to figure it out. <laughs> Carmen never knows what he's going to say. He's opens <laughs> his mouth and it happens. <laughs> sometimes I sing. Sometimes I make a joke. Sometimes I cry. That's pretty rare. You really yeah, don't cry. Maybe, maybe twice in our entire relationship although listen hold on never mind continue i I just we're gonna get there we're gonna get there okay there was a scene uh, in this episode that gave me really strong feelings yeah okay can I'm you excited. guess it i feel like i can guess it which what was it take a guess is it the one with her parents when they tell the other girl yes Yes. When they tell the other girl when she's like, oh, my gosh, I'll tell your mom I saw you and you've grown into a fine woman and then they hug. Oh, my fuck. My little heart. I was like getting misty eyed. Look at you being a dad and having feelings. I know. Oh, gosh, that nice, sweet old Dutch woman. Anyways. Um, okay. So well, <sighs> I'm, since we're tangenting, um, the girl, Rachel. Yes. She graduated from my high school. Get the fuck out of here. Same class yeah. as you? <laughs> no. <laughs> this oh. aired in 2007 when I was in high school. Um, she, I think she, gra- I think she graduated either the year that I started sixth grade or the year prior. I'm not positive. Um, but I remember it was like a big deal. She was on another show called like American Dream or American Life or something. And um, that was on for a while. She's, I was on her IMDb when I was doing Shondaland. And uh, she's not in Shondaland, unfortunately, but she has done a plethora of the Hallmark films. She is like, which does not surprise me because she has like that very, very pretty, like perfect person Hallmark face, which is like not oh, an I th- insult I think at all. Like I just think she's them. very, very pretty. Yeah. Both her and Jilly were just stunning, stunning girls. So yeah, I always get excited when I um, see this episode because I'm like, that girl went to my high school. Does she have an Instagram here. account? Uh, probably. 
What's the, what's the character's name? What's what's not uh, her character? What's her real person name? Rachel Boston. It's also Rachel in real life. Are, you looking up? are we gonna Boston. are we gonna shout her out? Shout out! Shout out! Um, yeah, look at her. Yes, she was born and raised here in town. And then, oh, she's uh, got great hair in some of these pictures. Oh, look at her in the mountains. Oh. Anyways, she's done hills. a lot of other stuff. She was in um, 500 Days of Summer. She was in Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Yes. Um. So yeah, she's done. She's done many things. Um, Let's so, yeah, tag I just, her. I just Let's tag excited. her in an episode and get her on to interview and say, what was it like? It'll be Patreon content. What was it like to do this episode? What was it like to run away from home? And what was your character like? What was their upbringing like? Tell us that. Tell us that story. <laughs> Tell us about this this episode of with a single episode of Grey's Anatomy that you filmed in 2007. Yeah. What was your motivation <laughs> for your character? Um. Anyways, yeah. So I think... That's very exciting. I also, when I was on her Wikipedia page, uh, looking her up, she just had this baby that is in her pictures, uh, this past January, not 2022. I think it said 2021. She had the baby. Um, so she's like around Marlo's age or maybe that's it was crazy. No, it was this year. Just kidding. I was wrong. It was this January. So coming up on a year. Yes. So yeah, Marlo's age, ish. Anyways, so yeah, that was just my fun. Like, makes me feel special because she. Um, I just think it's cool that she was very successful. I think she went to a university for like maybe a semester before she moved to. She was just like, you know what, I'm moving to LA, and she just went for it. And you know what, good on her. That's that's bold and ballsy, and not a lot of people can do that. And I I think that's so cool when people can do that. So. Anyways, we'll keep talking about the episode now. Sorry, guys. Needed to get on that tangent. Um, okay. So they go, Callie and Christina go to their patient, and um, he is in the ER because he passed out during a marathon because he's a runner and marathons are insane. I'm surprised more people don't pass out during them. Um, so Callie, like, starts to get gets him talking. She's like, what'd you do today? And he's like, this is what I did. And she's like, okay, cool, cool, and just pops his fucking leg back in like it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, this woman is a beast because I have to imagine if you're like moving people's bones around, you have to use some amount of force. And she's just like, mm, just fucking does it. Yeah. And it's like all hands and forearms and shoulders. She's yes. got she's strong. She's she could break me. Mm. Sexually. Probably. Listen, everyone's got to do what they got to do. Um, I wouldn't turn her down. I wouldn't uh, kick her out of be- bed for Megan Crumbs. Okay, let's not let's not bring that bit over here. <laughs> that's, not for, that's not a bit for this podcast. Um, so then uh, she and Christina glare at each other and run away. It's very funny. Um, George sees Callie and he's like, "Oh, Callie!" And she runs away. And Izzy is still trying to talk to him about how he's having too much sex. Uh, and then that's when he says Puritans and she's like, I'm not being a Puritan. And he's like, no, like literally there are Puritans right behind you. Well, um, and right before that, parents. she, she said, you had so much sex that you broke her vagina. And that's when George says Puritan. Yeah. 
That's funny. Great comedic timing on that too. Not as funny as the other scene with with Addison and and Callie, but yeah. this was pretty good too. Yeah. Um. So her parents, Jilly's parents, go to the room, uh, and she kind of like it. It kind of seems like she's happy to see them, right? Rachel's immediately mad, pissy, furious. Get out of here. Hate you. Um. They can't talk to Rachel because she's shunned. Um, well, the interesting thing, so you you get the reveal later that Jilly is the one who called them. Yes. But, like, they don't just say that in the moment. Like, Jilly, you called us. Why wouldn't you just say that? Jilly, you called us. <laughs> I don't know. Because they were overwhelmed by electricity? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's not... Okay, I meant... I'm truly... This is on me. This is bad. I really intended to research, like, Pennsylvania, Dutch, Amish, this whole world, because... I know that like they get to a certain because they have electricity. Obviously, they have phones. There was a way for her to call them. They have a certain amount of technology. Um, they just don't have everything. So and I and I really did mean to look into it and I just didn't. So I shouldn't speak to the culture because I truly have no fucking clue. Um, so, yeah, there there. Wild. I know there's a lot of specific rules, but like ways around them, I guess, because in Jess's town, there's a lot of there's a lot of Amish folks there, and they they do a lot of an incredible craftsmanship, right? Mm-hmm. So they build houses, they do whatever, you know, and they don't own power tools, but if you have power tools, they will use them for the project. And it's yeah, it's they're not allowed to own them, but if you have them, they will use them. Like they, I don't know. There's a lot of specific things about it. I don't I don't know the full story, but. Uh, I've always I've always thought that particular culture is very interesting. Very interesting. Do you know, and this is me being completely ignorant, Mennonites, where does that fall on the scale with the Amish and the Puritan Mennonites? Is that should we Google positive. it right now? You can Google it. Um, because there's like a Mennonite community not far out of outside of the town where I live. And um, one time I went to some kind of like fair or something. I'm not positive what it was, a large you know, public event and they had a booth there and they were making pretzels. And when I tell you that was like a life changing pretzel, that was so good. The bread was so fresh. They also made the butter that they used on the pretzel. It's incredible. I think about it like all the time. I'm like, damn, I wish I could get another Mennonite pretzel. And, uh, and Amish on Amish butter, Amish butter on top of the Mennonite pretzel. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I just did a quick Google search. Unlike the Amish, Mennonites are not prohibited from using motorized vehicles. In addition, Mennonites are also allowed to use electricity and telephones in their homes. When it comes to their belief, the Amish and Mennonite faith are very similar. The differences lie mainly in the outward practice of those beliefs. Interesting. Okay. But apparently back in uh, the 16th century, there was a Dutch priest and a... uh, it was uh, there was there was a couple of priests that broke away from the Protestant church who wanted to consolidate and modernize. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, okay the more so, you know. Yes. Uh, okay, so yes, Jilly does not. Jilly, okay, so Rachel says like blames Izzy. She's like, I told you not to call them. And Izzy's like, I didn't call them. And Jilly's like, don't worry. She didn't, she didn't mean to make you mad. 
when she called them. She was trying to be helpful when she called them. Just throwing Izzy right under the bus. Um, and then that's, yeah, when Rachel's like, go away. And, and then Jilly says, oh, they can't talk to you. You're shunned. So they're very steadfast in their practice. Uh, Addison comes in and confirms it is cancer. Jilly has to have a full-on hysterectomy. Um, and then she tells her parents to leave. It's like a, it's a bummer scene. It's really sad. Yeah. And again, I didn't like it. All they needed to say was Jilly. <laughs> Bitch, you just called. I got on a plane and broke my religion for you. <laughs> you call religion. you called me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so then uh Meredith uh sees Mark in a nurse's station and he's she's like, Why are you quitting? And he says, The people of Seattle are unforgiving. And she said, the people of Seattle are unforgiving or Derek and Addison are unforgiving. And he's like, the, it doesn't matter. There's, it's the same. It doesn't matter. Um, what's your point? And Meredith tells Mark that Richard is stepping down. I don't really remember how it came off. It's like an offhand comment. She's like, oh, yeah, well, the chief, blah, 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 whatever. And he's like, oh, little plant that little idea seed in there. It's like, oh, a light bulb. I got an idea. I'll be the chief. I'm yeah, my own. I really attractive. hate that. I hate everything about. <laughs> Him thinking he'd be chief. <laughs> You've been here for 20 seconds. You hate all interns. You're a piece of shit. You've only been here for 20 seconds. Yeah. And you're a piece of shit. Okay. He is pretty though. Dad. Oh, yo, for sure. Listen, if, he has if not slept with the interns, unlike other people who think they get to be ch- two other people who think they get to be chief. So slept with that's, interns. That's true. I had to think about that. And two and going on three. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think here's here's what we need to do. We need to do a different Patreon episode where we go through and truly put it to bed of Derek versus Mark. And also, we should create fake resumes. <laughs> what? For these four people and see who should get this job. And we make the decision, not Richard. Oh gosh. That was no, another beef I had with this episode. Is like they're all attacking Richard, like, let me be chief, let me be chief. This would not be his decision. I mean, it might there's be like the a show. whole board. Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, wouldn't the like I mean, maybe they're saying like suggest me to the board, but like this is not like if you were to quit your job, they wouldn't be like, Cool, if you don't mind real quick to like hire someone, they would be like, We're gonna find someone. Like, I don't I don't know. It's weird. Uh, that's like a weird thing to me. Um, so, uh, Alex, this is a good point. Uh, Derek asked Addison what Richard told her to get her to come to Seattle. And she's like that I was going to have like the best neonatal program in the country. And then he tells her about Richard Paul, whatever. Uh, then Alex comes over and Addison is trying to run away again. And he straight up yells, when you get a moment, I'd like to talk about the kissing. So Just funny. Yells it. Incredible. Incredible. Oh, and then she, she crumbles. This, this hospital does not have an HR department. There's no way. Can you imagine hearing like two people yell that as like, like, let's say you're a nurse or another intern or like, Right. And you just hear those those two people specifically yelling that you're like, um, can I just I have something to say. Uh, that's not appropriate. I don't think I don't know the the details here, but someone needs to look into this shit. Because I'm out here not getting promoted and I'm also not kissing people. So if that's what I needed to do to get promoted, 
I'll do it. Yep. I'll kiss. <laughs> um, uh, so Christina is in with Meredith and Alex and Burke comes in and is like, does anyone want to scrub in on the surgery? And he says, the first person who can describe the condition can scrub in. And uh, Meredith and Alex just like don't know what it is. And Christina's making hilarious faces. Just incredible. Incredible faces. And uh, well, so, so like, is oh, Burke. Burke knows. <laughs> he knows that she knows. He, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but he even he says he's like, oh, that's that's so bad. Like, that's such a bummer. Like, you know, th- this procedure only comes around like once every 10 years. So like, oh, so so it would have been cool for you guys. But sorry, I guess you missed out. And um, Christina, like he leaves and Christina says what it is. And she's like, she goes, how could you not know that? And Alex goes, how could you not say that? Which is a fair point. It's a very fair point. Um. So then Shepard and Burke are scrubbing in and Burke says that he can't do, ta- can't take the job because it wouldn't be right. And I just like, don't get it anymore. Like your tremors are like, I understand you did a bad thing, but like. He didn't really I even guess- do a bad thing. He did something knowing that a bad thing could happen. Yeah. But he like made a bad choice, he made a bad choice. I don't That's know. like it's someone with epilepsy driving their car. Well, you, you can get cleared to drive if you're epileptic. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. But what you, like, you could have a seizure while driving. Yeah, but you could, could have a seizure while driving. Right. That's but that's my point. But, I don't think that Burke really did something <laughs> as bad as he think he did. Thinks he did. I think obviously the bad part about it is the the withholding of information and looping and Christina put- in. And potential, like every, here's the, realistically, every person he operated on was in greater danger than they normally would be under normal operating circumstances. That's the reality. The other reality is he knew that and made the choice to do it anyways. Or he felt that Christina was forcing him to, I don't, it's very convoluted. I don't understand at this point why he's like, I can't accept the job of chief anymore. Why is it? I'm like, do you feel that your reputation is tarnished? Like, do you think other people in the hospital, like, don't trust you? Like, that's fine if that's the case. But I just like want it more explicit, like as to why he's saying that that's the situation. That's my that's my feelings about it. I just want it like black and white. Like he, I want it spelled out to me like I'm a fucking toddler. Because it's just like, I, I appreciate that he's like a man of integrity and he holds himself to really high standards. But like, I also like, what are they? Right. So, you know who know. doesn't deserve this job? Fucking Derek, Derek for throwing himself up. He's a punk ass bitch in this scene. Oh, uh, I remember nothing is right around here anymore. Wah, wah, wah. Shut the yeah. fuck up. Truly. He's such a, oh, he's so whiny. Uh, so Christina is checking on Steve, the runner. And he's like, oh, my legs are kind of sore. And she goes, oh, like, let me check it out. Right. And so she pulls on the blanket and like those motherfuckers are huge. Yeah. Terrible. That is not what the, that it looked like. He only did leg day every day of the week for like seven months straight. That's what they looked like. Not yeah. good. Um, so they rush him into like a, an exam room or a procedure room or whatever. And literally just like fucking cut into his legs. Just cut him open. Just right there while he's awake. Uh badass but terrifying i cannot even imagine that the pain must have been you could have fainted i think i would have fainted i can't imagine the pain i can't imagine also 
being Callie and Christina because they like Callie says she's never done it before. And like she tells she's like this. She knows she has to do it. But like just to be like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut into your leg and you're going to fucking feel it. That's crazy. That's terrifying. I mean, good on her. She saves his legs. But like that's we terrifying. Think. Right. She makes the appropriate choice. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um. So Richard comes and he's like, his kidneys are failing. Like all of his organs are shutting down and it's because of like whatever infection he has. And he has, and, uh, this, cause he take, took aspirin. It's like accelerating his body's breakdown, which like makes me never want to take aspirin. So that's fun. Like I don't also, he says he took aspirin for a cold. Do you not take Dayquil for a cold? Like why do you take aspirin for a cold? Yeah, that was interesting. Like, maybe, I, I, I don't know. Maybe if you have a headache, but, like, DayQuil has, like, painkiller in it. I don't go, I don't typically go to aspirin. I go to ibuprofen. Yeah, ibuprofen's typically my go-to. But when you're pregnant and breastfeeding, they actually recommend Tylenol as, like, the number one. Like, yeah. name brand Tylenol. Because it's, like, a whole thing. It's annoying. I mean, you can take aspirin and it'd be fine. But, like, they recommend Tylenol. Name brand only for our children. Well, it's because, like, when they do all these studies and tests, they typically will use the name brand. And so then they're like, well, you can do the off-brand because, like, the main medicine's the same, but, like, the other filler stuff, you don't know, like, what this... I'm like, ugh, this is stressful. So then I just don't take anything. It's fun. Um, okay. Don't make me yawn. Um, okay, so (laughs) Richard says that they have to, uh go into surgery and put him on dialysis because he's in kidney failure. Uh, George is still hunting for Callie and him and Izzy see that Jilly's parents are still in the waiting room. Um, Alex finds Addison and takes her into a supply closet. This is a good scene. I like this scene a lot and confronts her and he's I mean, he's like not being a dick. He's just like being straightforward. He's like, you are avoiding me because you think that I like want to like be in love with you. And I don't like, I just like, I want to be on your surgeries. You have good surgeries. I like working with you and I can't do that because you're avoiding me and you're avoiding me for this reason that you've made up in your head. And she's like, will you kiss me back? And he's like, yeah, you're my fucking boss. Like, which brings up a good point that you and I have discussed recently in other context is um, an imbalance of power and workplace relationships. And like, there was no conversation, obviously, Um, she wasn't over here like making promises like making promises or making threats but because she is uh, superior he feels he's like if i like quote unquote reject her in this moment then like i could lose out on surgeries and he doesn't reject her in this moment and he's still losing out on surgery so like there's no winning there's like an imbalance of power this is why these this is why like workplace relationships especially when it's at different levels like this can be a nightmare um so i i liked how it was addressed I think he was lying though I think he's got feelings for her (laughs) Um, But I still like how it was addressed (laughs) Yes No he addressed it fine But he's lying Okay Um, So Derek sees Mark and asks him if he's really leaving He's like oh good news travels fast And Mark's like no I'm not leaving Because I'm going to be the chief And he's like the fuck did you find out about that And he's like oh good news travels fast When you have a chatty girlfriend uh, podcast burp 
I hate um, that Derek blames Meredith for the next oh like half God. the episode. It doesn't I fucking matter. Fucking Who cares? This man. Okay. So Christina and Callie are scrubbing in and being nice to each other, and it's funny. Um because they're like, but but we're not friends. So we can't. It doesn't matter. Um, but then Christina asks about George and Callie's like well he won't talk about it and Christina says talking is overrated and um, Callie's like oh are you and Burke still not talking and Christina is like how do you know that and Callie tells her that George told her when they were still talking and Callie says at this rate you and Burke might very well be the last thing that we talked about and then she asked her what the last thing her and Burke talked about was and she says Silence is overrated. So I just like that parallel of talking is overrated. Silence is overrated. Um, and I also think it's interesting that when she said you and Burke might be the last thing we ever talk about. And then when she asks and it, it would appear that Christina has no fucking clue. Um, I'm like, well, they were probably arguing in one of those surgeries. The last, yeah. The last thing that he said is, was he, he, he basically kicked her out of the OR and she ran right to, right to Burke. Mm, Richard. Yep. Burke ran to Burke. <laughs> Christina ran to Burke to tell him on Burke. Yep. Um, okay. So uh, Izzy is checking on Jilly and she's like, your parents are still here. Um, also, I didn't call them and it took them a long time to get here. So you had to call them multiple days ago. And she's like, yeah, I went to the ER a while back and I like, they said I had to see an oncologist, but I don't have any money. So I didn't. Healthcare in this country is garbage. This is like a real thing that people do. It's fucking dumb. I hate it so much. Um, I have no solution, but I just have to say that it's fucking dumb and I hate it. If you're in America, obviously we have a lot of uh, listeners from countries who run healthcare uh, correctly and we're jealous of you. Um, so Jilly says that she knew ish that something was going on and she knew it was getting worse. So she called her parents earlier in the week because she's scared. She like knew it was bad and she was afraid. Um, she tells Izzy that so Rachel is shunned because she was baptized and then chose to left. Jilly was not baptized before she left. So she's not technically shunned. She's just not in the community. So again, more rules, um, different levels of situations, whatever. Um, so she could go back, but she doesn't want to leave Rachel alone because they did this thing. They left the community together. They've been together since then. She doesn't, feel like she can leave Rachel. It's just sad. That would be hard, I must say. Um So then Addison is doing the surgery on Jilly and um uh, Dr. Bailey's in there and she pitches the free clinic idea. And every time she does this, people are like, "Why do you want to do that?" Bitch, why is it a problem? Fucking cuz she's a good person. I <laughs> Jesus yes. Christ. Here's the thing though. I don't think that I think it's more of an issue that she hasn't told them why to this point in the episode. And she, I know that she does eventually tell us why, but like no one's going to sign off on that or give you the money or give you their verbal support without knowing why. So well, I'm actually with, issue with this in this show, like in the reality of the world. Yes. They would, they would say why you're, why do you want to do that? You're a surgeon. Um, however, they have surgeons fucking in the emergency room all the time. And I'm like, that's just, I don't think that's how a typical hospital runs. Like surgeons don't just hang out in the emergency. Like doctors hang out there. 
like emergency room. There are doctors assigned to the emergency room. They're not surgeons. There are surgeons on the surgical floor doing surgery. And there are emergency doctors in the emergency room. Like surgeons are not in the emergency room giving out stitches. But to me, that's unrealistic. So then to take that and be, and be like, why are you doing this? You're a surgeon. Well, like, well, the, why are you doing stitches? You're a surgeon. Like it just doesn't track to me. It's like you, it just seems like it's um, like conflicting realities. Yeah. I, and I like, understand that. I understand yeah. your point. That's just I guess my I'm, thought on it. I guess I'm taking too much of a realistic approach to this particular scenario. But don't get me wrong. I'm on Bailey's side. There needs to be more free clinics, and healthcare in this country in America does suck, and it is trash. Um, also, my thing, I don't mind them saying, why do you want to do this? Or, like, what gave you the idea? But it's always, why do you want to do this? You're a surgeon. Like, they're tacking on the surgeon part of it. Like, you shouldn't want to do this because you're a surgeon you should only want to do surgery and nothing else but also let's go to the emergency room and give stitches i don't know it's just weird to me um okay so the tumor has spread julia is stage four so they close her up um and when this happens george gets super upset and like storms out of the surgery and izzy says it's because of his dad and it's sad, and we will now take a short break for our favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland! Okay. There is one person in Shondaland. Okay. Man or woman? Man. It's got to be the dad. It is not. Is it the marathon runner? It is the marathon runner. Fucking damn it. I went with the, the less obvious choice <laughs> and it fucked me. Damn it. Okay. All right. Let me know. Tell me everything, Kelsey. All right. So Joe Holt is um plays Steve Beck, the marathon runner, and he is in eight episodes of Scandal. So he had quite a stint over there. Very impressive. Joe Bolt. Holt. Joe Holt. Holt. Yes. Steve Beck. Steve Beck. Yes. Um, okay. So back into it. The chief and Christina are in surgery on Steve. And uh, I love the way that the chief asks this question. He says, how far did he run before his body had the good sense to pass out? Hilarious. Um, so they're kind of just going back and forth about Christina's like, well, I get it. Like he's, he wants to win. He wants to be the best, all this stuff, all this stuff. And, Weber just is like, you can like accomplish a goal and like do it to your best. And it doesn't have to be the best. Like you can do something good and not quote unquote win. And it's still also, be it's, a victory. It's a very unprofessional setting to say that in the middle of the surgery with Bailey and Weber there. Like Christina, calm down, calm, calm it down. <laughs> um, or uh, Weber and Callie. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so Derek, comes okay so this is the derek this is the, sh the every time for the rest of the episode that we see derek he's shitty okay yeah so derek yeah. comes in and starts yelling at meredith he's like how could you fucking tell mark they, they he's the, now he's not gonna fucking leave he was gonna leave and it's your fault he's saying okay no what version of secret. this show did you watch that they were just dropping the f-bombs the r-rated one <laughs> the, not the one you watch um no. No, I just don't like Derek. And I just felt like that was the tone 
that he was using. No, and I, I, I completely agree. I was being facetious. No, you I were right. Um, yeah, it's just it doesn't make any sense for him. Like he just so badly needs to blame everybody for something. Um, he's a prick. He's a prick. He's he's such a dick, and he. It's like stop and think about what you're saying for one second, because even if Meredith didn't tell Mark, the chief told the board that day, like he would have found out before he officially left. Um, so like, yeah, even if it hadn't come from Meredith, this event probably still would have occurred. He's not leaving. He's not getting on a plane today. This has not changed anything. I just don't under like I, you're just like so pissy that. Richard made promises that he's not keeping, but like Richard was very upfront in season one when he saw him macking on Meredith. He's like, this is not like, you can't be chief if you're sleeping with interns. And I think that's a fair statement. Personally. Yes. Yes. But that should also go for, that should have gone for Burke too. Although Burke handled their relationship much differently. They did it very much differently. Yes. Yes. I will give you that. Also, there's obviously a conflict of interest with Richard when uh, Meredith is involved because of the whole Ellis situation. And he like is, I do think he takes the attachment to that, like to the, to like a higher degree that it really needs. And I think part of his like hesitation with the Derek Meredith situation is strictly just because it's Meredith and Meredith is Ellis's daughter. But that's my opinion. Um, but anyways, I'm just sick of Derek's bullshit. This is not how you talk to people. Um, so yeah, then he just storms off and, uh, Meredith like yells after him down the hallway, but he just disappears. She's like, I just am sick of him. Don't he's do that. so, Don't. he's so far gone when he's mad. He just runs away. <laughs> he just zoomies. Um, I can't handle everyone ruining my job. <laughs> my $2 million a year job is so hard. I'm so sad that I don't get a $5 million a year job. I'm sure <sighs> that the chief of surgery makes less than a specialized role like that. In real life. Probably in real life, but I don't know. I could be wrong. If you're a doctor or if you know how hospitals work. Or if you're a hospital administrator like my dad, who I can just call and ask this question to, <laughs> email me and let me know. Yeah, or sign up for our Patreon first, and then we'll shout you out. Then you could tell us. Yes, and then we'll divulge that information on our Patreon. Um, it's not a HIPAA violation. Don't worry. Yeah, it's not a HIPAA um, violation if you <laughs> voluntarily give us that information. It's also just not a HIPAA violation because it's not a patient. Um, Bailey is talking to Dr. Burke about supporting the clinic, and he's like, no. And she says, you owe me because you fucked with my head when you were having your bullshit. And he says, uh, you need someone who can provide leadership. And that's not me. And she goes, yeah, if you want to believe that, that's fine. So she's basically saying that is you. You can still be this person. Like maybe you're not this person right in this moment, but you are still this person. Um, So I love her. Um, Izzy is going through what's going to happen next with Jilly's condition and basically how bad it's going to get. And it's going to get like really bad. Um, Rachel wants to do everything. She She's like, can you tell me names of doctors? Tell me what kind of medication? Like I want to be able to do this for her. And Izzy's like, you you can't, you cannot be everything for her. 
it's not going to be possible. Like she's dying. She's just going to die. And she wants to do that at home. And it's just like, they're very, Rachel's conflicted, just like Jilly's conflicted. You know, they have this bond. They've done this, this together. They were raised together. Cradle to grave. They were raised together. They left together. They, they just clearly have this very deep bond. And I can't imagine. It's very upsetting. Very sad. Um, Burke goes to Addison and they're both waiting to see the chief. Um, and Derek comes up and then Mark also comes up and they're all bickering about being chief. Uh, Richard comes out and they just fucking mob him. Uh, and Sloan's like, it's, we all want to be chief. And, uh, Dr. Bailey overhears it and she's like, Oh, you're stepping down. It's so sad. What the a way terrible says, way for her to find the out. Way she says you're stepping down. It just breaks my heart. Oh, bless her. I love her bond with Richard. He's, clearly like such a mentor to her and like i just like, it's so sad for her to find out that way um and uh he says as soon as the board finds a replacement he's gonna step down um and then he says and this is fucking drags them he says but at this point i don't know when that will be because right now i don't see any front runners and just is like all you motherfuckers need to get out of my face because y'all suck yeah, you fucking vultures. What did he say? Uh, yeah, your vultures my, are trying to pick my bones. Pick the meat off my meat off my bones before I'm even dead or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's savage. So That's a this is as much as I hate. First off, there's a lot of things I hate about the scene, but what it what an unprofessional way to go for a job. These are these are adults <laughs> so who are well respected and renowned in their fields, acting like fucking children. Yeah, it's true. Um, so then Bailey follows Dr. Weber and she, this is a, this is such a good scene. Um, she's like, why did you send me on this wild goose chase? If you're not even going to be chief. And he's like, you're going to need these, the support of it, of these people, regardless of whether I'm the chief. And especially because one of them could very well be chief. Um, and he says, uh, Oh my God. Well, Oh, you got to get your own chair. You're not ready yet. No, this, I have that part right now. He says it has to, one of these clowns has to do it until you're ready. And she's like, what? And he says, it's your chair. Eventually that's who you are, but you're going to have to get a new chair because you're short. You have short legs. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Um, that was and great. He's like, he's like, you're going to be, I, I want you to be ready for this job. So like when I give you, I, you have to learn how to do things without me because I'm not going to be here always. And, um, she's just like, so shook that he would just be like, yeah, you're going to be cheap. Like, obviously, um, it's very cute how much she like, doesn't even think that about herself, but he, it's just like, I feel like that would be such a moment of like honor to feel like to have a mentor be like, you're going to basically be like the highest you can be in this job. And I know that. And it's just like, we just have to wait a little bit longer. But like, I know that this is going to happen for you. But also it's sad because it means he's not going to be doing it anymore. So she's just on a roller coaster of emotions. Um, and I love her. And uh, speaking of professionalism, we flash back to the attendings who are just sitting on the floor in the hallway. Just a like the interns. Sitting in the floor in the hallway. At least the interns have the good sense to sit in like a basement hallway on a bed. Yeah, These motherfuckers fair. are sitting on 
the little bridge breezeway thing just sitting their ass there. This is a this is a hospital. People, People are dying. You. <laughs> Stand your asses up and be helpful. Um, so Bailey comes over and she uh okay, sorry, first I skipped some of this. Uh Mark, because this is very funny. Mark goes, one of us could be chief. And Dr. Burke goes, no, one of us could be chief. And then he's like, I could be chief. And Addison goes, Mark Salone, chief of surgery. That makes me vomit in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> I love her. I love her so much. I just like that there's a very self-aware feeling of like, Mark, what, like, who even are you? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. What the fuck do you think this is? Yeah. Um, he's so very clearly had a life of people be- being like, oh, you're very pretty. You can absolutely have this. The entitlement is there for sure. Um, so Bailey comes up and hands them all letters of support for the clinic. And she's like, you're all going to sign these because we're going to do this. And I, and then they are like, why do you want this so bad? And she's just keeps saying like, I need more. I need to make a difference. And she says, I know you all have your messy love lives and your secrets and your silliness, but I need more. And I need to believe in something the way I used to believe in, in all of you, which is ouch. Damn, Bailey, fuck. Dragging them. I love it. And then she stares Derek down and he signs the paper. And then it's the only good thing that Derek says in this entire episode. The Nazi's back. Yeah, that's true. Um, So uh, Jilly wakes up and Rachel tells her. Wait, hold okay on. I just want to really quick. I just want to pause. I'm not saying that I, I like Nazis. <laughs> I just like, no, I don't fair. like that. I don't like that scene because I'm like, oh yeah, people love Nazis. Just, it just means that she's back. She's gone through this journey where she felt responsible for everything that's happened with Izzy. Mm-hmm. And I think that she's just in a spot where she feels very, she, she's doesn't know what she's meant to be, but she knows who she is again. And that was yes. just like a big moment. So, I'm not excited at the phrase the Nazis back because I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, Nazis. That's a very pro Bailey uh, excitement, not pro, you know, the World War II stuff, everyone. Just want to clarify that. Since we're on it, we'll go ahead and and make our stance very clear. Uh, Hate speech is not something we uh, care for at all. We are very against it. Uh, Don't be anti-Semitic. If people around you are being anti-Semitic, stand up for it. Tell them to shut the fuck up and that it's not okay. Um, Kanye fucking sucks. And it's not okay to use large platforms to say hateful things just because you think you can. Um, I will say that the the nickname, the Nazi for Bailey is around for, uh, I want to say into season four. Um, No spoilers. It does get retired. And the way they retire it is, in my opinion, like very well done. Um, and so we'll get to that as we get to it. Obviously, again, in the current climate of what is happening, like there is a lot of anti-Semitism occurring right now. And again, we both of us uh, as human beings are super against that. Um, and we want to do everything that we can to to make uh, make sure that the world is like welcoming and not shitty and people aren't shitty. But unfortunately, they are. But we're going to not tolerate that. Um, but also they are going to say Nazi in this show sometimes, but we just want to make it clear that 
that we are anti-Nazis in reality, but we love Dr. Bailey. And again, this was 2007. I don't think they would, if this show started now, they would never utilize a nickname like that. I don't think. Um, So yes, that's my soapbox. (laughs) Yeah. I have nothing to add except if you see a, uh, a Rugrats and Hanukkah shirt, buy it. Because I think Um, you posted that on Instagram today, right? I did. Yeah. And they have them. They also have them in youth sizes in Target. So it's very cute. Is, uh, I think that's, that's, you know, that's like, this is an off, this is an offline conversation, but if I bought that, does that, am I culturally appropriating that or am I showing support? I think support, especially again, I cannot speak for the Jewish community because I am not a Jewish person. I would think support, um, also because in, there are characters in Rugrats that were Jewish. I remember that like being a thing. I don't remember which one, but someone like they, someone in that show celebrated Hanukkah. I that think, show was, like, I think the main, I, I think Chucky or not Chucky. Yeah, I, I think, think uh, Tommy oh, and his I family. It was Chucky. Maybe it's Tommy, but I thought it was Chucky. Was um, it? I don't, I don't remember, but um, regardless, because someone in this show, I think it's just the character is. So I think they're just like representing the character. Um, I think it's cool that they made it. I love the Rugrats. Shout out Rugrats. You're great. Shout out. You come on the show. (laughs) Except not Um, when you were adults, when you were adults, you kind of sucked. Like grown up Rugrats sucked. They were, they were not grown ups. They they were teenagers. Of course they sucked. If you're a teenager, we love you. Thank you for listening. Yeah. We support your existence. But but if you are a teenaged Rugrat cartoon animated person, we don't like you. (laughs) Um, Okay. Also, if you're animated, you should not be doing as much drugs as you think you are. What? I meant to say, if you're, if you're just pass, move on. (laughs) Save me. Say something about the show. Okay. Jilly wakes up and Rachel tells her it's okay if she goes home to be with her family. It's, this is the very sad scene. Um, she's like, go home, get baptized, like wear white get buried, have an Amish funeral. Very sad because the whole time, the whole time, the only thing I kept thinking is like, she's not going to be allowed to go to her friend's funeral. And she's probably not even going to be told when her friend dies. That's upsetting to me. I don't like that. I didn't think about that till right now. Thanks a lot. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, so anyways, this is the scene where her parents come in and they're like, we will, tell your parents that we saw you and you're well and you've grown into a fine young woman and it's just my heart and i will say because they end up saying that to her i do feel like there is a possibility that they could like send her a letter to be like just so you know jilly passed away you cannot come to the funeral but we did want you to know that she died very very upsetting to me though that's the only thing i kept thinking is like she doesn't even get to go like she doesn't get closure in this like friendship this like lifelong friendship I can't imagine. She she doesn't get closure in in that aspect that we see, but we do get her to have closure of like, imagine living your whole life, people telling you that you're shunned, you're shunned, you're shunned. Like that starts to play into who your identity is. And here this woman's able to see past that even through (laughs) the veil of religion and say, I thank you in the way. What you're doing is more important. Like what you're doing for my family is more important than this like situation. Yeah. And when 
when she turns around and she says that to Rachel, I legit, like, I actually, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Like, that was just so emotional when she says that you're, you've grown into a fine young woman and I'll tell your mom. And then she gives her the hug. I'm like, I actually could have cried. If that scene was yeah. any longer, I could have cried. Or and if you I, had thought about what I told you about, how she doesn't get to go to the funeral. Yeah, if I would have thought about that in the moment, I might have I might have actually cried. Um, I, I, I think I also said this before. I don't really get emotional watching TV or movies, but when, yeah. when it's about someone's daughter, I just, I yeah. really, I have a hard time with it. And she's someone's daughter. And that's just, and, and the mother and the relationship, and it's just, uh, it's it's a lot. It's just a lot. And it's a well yeah. acted scene. The scene is incredible. Very, yes, because Rachel went to school. High, went to my high school. That's why it's so good. <laughs> is our friendship just you acting? Uh, yes, I'm that good. I act like I don't hate you. I'm just kidding. I don't. I mean, sometimes I do, but I do love you. <laughs> uh, so many mixed emotions here. I know. It's Listen to our Patreon. I'll really dive into how I feel about Carmen. Um, Plot twist: She really does hate me. But I also love you. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love love you and I hate you. People are like, I love you and I like you. I'm like, I love you and I hate you. Yeah, yeah, I love you. That's my version of that. Yeah, it's because most people I just hate. So, um, okay, so then we get mm, this is what did you did you see the Richard and Adele scene coming? Hell no! The second, but the second, oh my gosh, the second he opened the door though, and she wouldn't let him in, I was like, oh shit, there's a dude in there. She's fucking. (laughs) But I didn't realize. I just, I have a hard time. Didn't we just establish that like just a little bit of time had lapsed between uh, Thatcher and the baby situation? Like that was like four weeks or some shit. And then she's saying it's been months. What is up with this timeline? (laughs) I can't. She said that was months ago. And I'm like, but okay, first off, I get it. He had to get his shit together. But also, Richard, you can't be mad. You physically cheated on your wife. For years. For years. And apparently you were an alcoholic. And she stayed by you. And all she said was, retire. And you said, Give me a couple months and I'm not going to talk to you and I'm not going to tell you when it's going to happen. And then I'm going to show up at your door. I'm led to believe that he didn't talk to her for months. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that's really what the the picture they are painting. There's yeah. been no communication. But I mean, because she, she even says, like, what did you expect? You ghosted like, me. I, I truly can't tell, like, whose side the writers want us to be on, like, do, are we supposed to, are we meant to feel bad for Richard or are we meant to be like, yeah, Richard fucking get your shit together. Cause I could definitely see it being intended either way or even both ways simultaneously. Um, but again, I think it's, I'm very grateful that they said, I told you months ago, I said you were out of time with me. Um, I, I'm glad they established that because I will say if we were following the other timeline that they've established and it's been like a week and she's got a man in here, I have some questions um, about the timeline, but like, I, it's I'm, glad that they, I'm glad that she like established. She's like, this was fucking months ago. Like, what did you expect? You want me to just sit here alone in this house and be sad when I can find other men that like will, would retire for me or like spend time with me and not cheat on me. So I'm on Adele's side. Yeah, it, I am too. I am too. Also, when he was like, is there another man in my house? I'm like, dude, you haven't been in your mm-hmm. own house for months. 
you haven't called the phone on your own house for a month, but you, you haven't gone to pick up the mail. This is 2007. You think that your, your, uh, your, your home Depot credit card, you could just pay online at this point. No, you cannot. Richard. That man does not have time to go to home Depot. He is at the hospital. That is the issue. You think that you can make your car payment online at this point? The internet doesn't exist right now the way it does the way it did in 2007. Okay, Richard? It makes no He's sense. He's a doctor. He just bought his car outright. But he didn't in get cash. any mail? He never went and got mail ever? Maybe she dropped it off at the hotel for him. No, she was like, I don't cannot, fucking come near me. I don't understand the logic. They didn't talk for months? That doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Months. She gave him an ultimatum and he never once said, hey, I, I you know, I really got to think about this. Or, hey, you know, like, we're, let's, let's, let's talk. Let's meet. Let's get coffee. You know, nothing. 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 I don't get it. I'm on well, Team I Adele mean, too, I think. I mean, I feel like, but that's the, I think that reinforces the issue is that he made like no effort to rekindle anything with her. He was like, I'll just wait and then I'll retire and then I'll fix it. Like, but no, he said I multiple mean, times I, in, in heated arguments, I miss my wife. Yes. Because he has it. He's not with her. He's not talking to her. I so miss Jessica tracks. and I talk to her all day long. Okay. That's, I think your relationship is more stable than the alcoholic uh, cheater. Ah, uh, <laughs> That makes sense. That's where I, that's where we veer in the fork in the road is I'm not the alcoholic cheater. Thank you, yeah. Kelsey, for helping. Well, that's fair. I've made enough money to be an alcoholic cheater yet. Yet. <laughs> Terrible. Listen, there's a we lot just, of really inappropriate jokes in my head that I'm not making. That's fair. We just lost six followers for that's sure. Fine. That's fine. But we gained oh, okay. 10. Net four, <laughs> net four positive. Um, okay, so George is like sitting in the conference room disassociating from reality and Izzy comes in and talks to him about it. And this is uh, a good scene. They do a good job. It's emotional. Um, Izzy is like, what? I don't know. George is like, what? This makes me feel better. And Izzy just straight up says like, maybe you're not supposed to feel better. Which, like, I understand where she's coming from, but I'm also understanding the idea of, like, wanting to feel better. Also, this scene is when he says, I think of um, the fact that I'll never talk to my dad again. And I just laugh because it's of how ridiculous that seems. That, like, breaks my heart. Yeah. Also, he he delivers that line very, very well. Like, it just, I it hurts me. It yeah. hurts. The, the, this scene, it's, it's a bummer. Um. And then he's like, you can't help me here. Like, I, I kind of understand what he's saying because, again, she's being, like, really obsessive about it. And I think it's because she also went through a loss and she's like, I've done this. I'm a pro, not a pro. Um, and I can help. But it's it's also very different situations, like wildly different. Um, and he's just like, you can't help me. You can't fix it. Like, don't you know, you don't have to fix me. You can just, like, let this be but then he's like you have to let me go what i don't even know what that means to let me go because she wants to fuck i just like they're not he why it's just weird the dynamic in this relationship is weird um and then they're hugging and izzy says life is short and it sucks a lot of the time and i'm like that's true that is accurate both of those things are true 
Uh, and they have a very, very aggressive hug and Izzy cries. Um, so then she's like, go be with Callie. Run, run to your sex lady friend. <laughs> and he does. And um, so then uh, Dr. Bailey comes in and she's like, oh, is he going to be okay? And she's like, yeah, how's the clinic going? And she's like, oh, yeah, I got got to get it funded, but it's going to it's going to happen. And she and then that's when Izzy like has her light bulb moment of like, oh, my Denny money. I shall buy you a clinic. The Denny Duquette M- Memorial Clinic. So there you go. And There's I the money. I'm going to say this. <sighs> Denny was a fine person. In this show, from what we've seen, I have a lot of feelings around their relationship. (laughs) But if you're a Denny Stan or you're an Izzy fan, the stupidest thing that you could do with that money is not what she's doing, but the title. The Denny Duquette Memorial Clinic. What the fuck did he do? He didn't do anything. He, no, but no one he, ever does anything. The only thing that people do to get things named after them is be rich. That's the only thing people do. They but, either be rich or they die or both together. Oh, uh, no, they could they could do amazing things. Can they I could have an do example? Ama- yes. Who does it ama- who did an amazing thing? I went to Thomas Jefferson Junior High School. Thomas Jefferson literally wrote a play was rich called Hamilton. and died. <laughs> oh my god. Um so yeah, no, I mean, uh we have uh we have like Erlanger Hospital here, which is named after a person. I guess I just want to be rich enough to be able to make something named after me. You're just jealous, is what I'm a is. little jealous, but I just don't I don't know. The only, re- I don't know. I guess it makes sense. I just, I would want there. To, I would have. It would have been better if we knew more about Denny's life. Is what I'm trying to say. She wants. She wants his death to mean something, and this to her makes his death mean something. Also, I will say I kind of get it if you think about the whole speech of him like hating being in the hospital, and he because he's like, this is not who I am. I'm not like a sick person. I'm like a real man. Like I'm, I'm a, a virile man. horse of a man. Yeah. Wow, that really stuck with you. <laughs> it did, um, because that's how I feel. Oh. Um, so then, uh, yeah, I think that tracks as far as being like, oh, help people who feel the same way. Um, and like, I, I, I think from what we know, Denny's a good person. You know, I don't think he's like, you know, a shitty guy like Derek. Um, but I mean, I kind of understand where you're coming from, but I think any i don't think it has to be hospital related or medicine related for him to get it named after him like literally sometimes rich people just die and then things are named after them and that's just the reality and i so will accept I that reality then okay good um all right so yeah the denny duquette memorial clinic um obviously no one's gonna call it that no one calls buildings by their full names like I was, I was gonna say like when you were in college and like all those buildings have like nicknames but you didn't go to yes college. when i was in college <laughs> you didn't need it look at you go look at you me you have this podcast you have this podcast and you <laughs> didn't even go to college how yeah. do you do it how many of you losers who went to college also have podcasts 
Me. Except in except in your <laughs> podcast, you learned how to market it at college. <laughs> I sure as shit didn't learn that. <laughs> I live in a van down by the river. Okay. Anyway, this okay. has gone off the rails more than usual, people. I yeah, don't know I apologize, happening. but we're just it's a time. Everything's fine. We appreciate you sticking around. The the thing about this episode is like a whole lot of nothing happens and then like a whole fuck ton of shit happens. Like that's it gets crazy. Summed up. Yeah. We spent an hour and a half on all that. Now we're about to spend another hour and a half on these next 15 minutes of this episode or five Buckle minutes in, of this guys. episode. Yeah. Grab oh, a drink. Okay. Cause here's the intermission. Okay. So, but actually this is where I am really mad. This is, there's, there's a lot of caps lock in my notes at this point. Cause this is when I get really fucking pissed off. Cause this is when Meredith is at home and Derek shows up and he's like, I'm going to be all smarmy and charming and like, ma- like blame you for being mad at me when I was shitty. And this is like some toxic fucking bullshit gaslighting. I hate this man so much. Uh, this scene makes me so mad. Again, he doesn't apologize. Nope. Nope. I actually, I made sure I, I had to watch that scene twice to double mm-hmm. check myself. What does he say? This is me saying, I'm sorry. Yeah, you no, get I'm saying, I'm sorry. Right. 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 No, That's what it was. That's what it was. Absolutely not. You're asking her to assume that you're sorry, which is not an apology. Telling her that she, okay. Okay. This, let me get into it. Um, sometimes boyfriends can be jerks. It doesn't mean you stop talking to them. Yes, it does. You just like, it's been fucking what? Three hours. She has every right not to talk to you. You were a raging dick to her in public. She has every right to not talk to you if she's mad. I mean, like, I'm not saying she has to break up with him because of this. She has to break up with him for many reasons. This is just one of them. But like people st- people don't talk to people when they're mad at them constantly like have you did you look at christina and burke for fuck's sake it's been months they haven't talked for Probably. four episodes who knows how long it's been maybe it's been a day i don't fucking know anymore um and then uh you get that i'm saying sorry no she, no because you won't actually say it and then i wrote i hate this man so much and, I just and then think, he says like, at the end, I'm always going to show up. Like, we don't want you to. What I just want go. is for you to fucking apologize and keep your attitude in check when things that aren't Meredith's fault happen and you need to blame her for them. Yeah, go blame Mark, you dick. Like, I just can't. And it and I can tell this scene is supposed to be, like, sweet, and it does not do anything positive. Like, it just makes me mad. And then she's like, I've never done this before. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm sorry that this is your first experience because it's not supposed to be like this either. Yeah. I, if you are someone who watched this episode live, like you were watching the show live and remove the Derek Meredith Stan situation from this, right? Like, let us, let us know at Gray's Academy pod on Instagram or at Gray's Academy pod at gmail.com. If if you were someone who in this moment felt good about this, if you remember, remember watching the scene, feeling good about it, and what your th- thoughts are now, because Kelk, this was this was after you started watching the show, right? Like you started watching live. Would you say season four or like it was low? It was at the end of this current season. Okay, so we okay. haven't gotten there yet, but it's this season. But um, 
I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember when I started. I did not always hate Derek. I never like loved him, but I definitely didn't always hate him. But like, I guess somewhere along all the rewatches, I like, I think what it is, is I, there are definitely things later in the series that I can like pinpoint. And I think knowing that and then going back and rewatching it, I'm like, oh, okay. You're just a fucking dick. And like, it's just, and my issue is like, that's not like, that's not, that's not, I don't, that's not their intent. I don't think they're writing him being like, let's make this motherfucker toxic as shit. Like, I think they, they're being like, this is such a good, like, what a good couple. Like, this is goals. He's going to help her broken, this broken little traumatized child who had like a garbage childhood because her mother didn't want her and her dad left. And he's just going to heal her with his love. He's not doing any of that. He's basically like abusing the fact that she's never had a stable relationship in her life. Making it totally worse. Like, Meredith, you could have been with Finn. Finn had plans. Finn had plans and horse babies. Yeah, and he saved your dog and then killed your dog. Yeah. (laughs) He could have got you another dog. That is probably true. Anyways, it's just frustrating to me to like watch a scene and and feel so negatively about it and know that that's not the writer's intent. And I'm just like, I again, I don't know if it's like a tie a sign of the times like if they wrote if this pilot or if this specific episode was on now like what would this look like? Would Derek like explicitly apologize and not be a misogynistic piece of shit? I don't know. I would hope so. But it's just like I I don't know. There's just so much relying on on people being like oh they're just clearly meant to be together why i've never felt that once about them that's bad (laughs) um anyways so that's my Derek rant number five for the day um people you deserve apologies all right i and guys i know it's hard to apologize i don't like apologizing i hate it can confirm make a point to explicitly say I am sorry and say what I am sorry for. Cause that's another thing that people bother that bothers me when people just say, I'm sorry. Like for me, I try and make a point to be like, I did X, Y, and Z and I am sorry. I shouldn't have done that. That was shitty. And I, I whatever, you know, like for me, that's, that's an apology. Also meaning it is an apology. Cause like you yeah. can be like, well, I'm sorry. Oh, that's not an apology. Or what is it from uh, Rick and Morty? I'm sorry that you sorry feel you like feel you feel like you deserve an apology. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I will tell you, Jessica and I got into a fight a couple days ago and I said, I'm sorry that you feel like you need an apology right now. And I did say that because yeah, I said it tracks. on purpose just to spite her. Yeah, I say that to Michael sometimes because I know it will break the tension because it's a Rick and Morty reference. Um. But yeah, also when people are like, I'm sorry that you f- took it that way. Not an apology. Uh, I disagree. I'm sorry, I'm I, sorry I, that your feelings are hurt is not the same thing as I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. Not the same thing. I, I think you could say I'm sorry that you took it that way. And I am sorry that your feelings are hurt at the same time. Or sorry. Uh, sorry. You, I'm sorry that you took it that way. And I am sorry that I hurt your feelings. But it was not like, you know, it wasn't my intent. And then you can explain. You need that. Yeah. 
I am sorry that I said that and it came across that way. I did not do a good job explaining myself the way I meant it. Right. There you go. You can't just say, I'm sorry you took it that way. You have to own up to the fact that you still said it. Right. Anyways, that was our therapy session for the day. Are you healed? I am healed. Okay. Um, I do see Alex? a bug crawling in the corner, though. I can't tell if it's a spider or a silverfish. Gross. I hate silverfish. Okay. Um, Alex is leaving, and Addison's like, hey, do you want to come scrub in? And he's like, yeah. So quick little scene of this is resolved, basically. Um, Burke and Christina. Okay, here we go. Let's get into it. Burke is, and Christina are sitting at home, and she's, she talks first, and she's like, I think I was right as much as you think I was wrong, but I know I was right. And I also know that you think I was wrong, but I'm like, I'm going to talk first because I want you to know that I am in this, even if it means I don't always get to win. So I'm talking first and you win. And he just looks at her right in the face and says, marry me right in the face. He looks at her and says it. I mean, what did, what give me your real time, real time thoughts. Uh, well, I could tell you that I was so excited that Christina talked first, even though I think I, I predicted Burke would talk first. You did. You predicted that Addison was going to like knock some sense into him. Yeah. But I genuinely, I was like, this, this can't be, this can't be true. This can't be real. This has to be a fucking joke. <laughs> Marry me. What the fuck? I was now granted. I was very happy and I was very excited, but I was shocked. I did not see that coming. Uh, kudos to the entire Shondaland team and their writers. Uh, this threw me for a loop. I did not see it. Uh, I will say that I have no idea what she's going to say. But it does have me back in their corner, and I am—I immediately started rooting for them again to, to be together. Yes, your official prediction on that was um, Burke is going to talk first, but the thing that he is going to say is, let's break up. I don't think I could have been more wrong with that specific prediction. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much the most opposite it's, thing that it's, happened. It's opposite. Christina talked first, not Burke, and Burke didn't say let's break up. He literally said, let me be with you for fucking ever. Um, so that's a great moment. I also love, uh, I, I have said before, I love both of them as actors. Um, but like Sandra O's facial expressions, like she has no more love. Like after she's done talking, there is still so much happening on her face and I love it. Um, okay. So, uh, George goes to Callie's hotel room, also gives a big speech about missing his dad and how she is the only thing that makes him um, feel better. And then he also gets out on one knee and says, marry me. Give me your thoughts on this one. I hate this one. This one I hate. This one I'm not. <laughs> I a, hate this one. I hate this one. Uh, I still think that uh, that George and Izzy are going to smush their private parts together. Uh, but... Like, the problem is, is that death is such a natural thing that makes you do radical and extreme and crazy things that you don't think through. Yes. Brief and I'm sure that's... that's fuck some shit up. Yeah. And I'm sure that's all that's going through Callie's head. It's like, he doesn't mean this. The guy just had sex with me nonstop and then asks to marry me. He's not in the right mental space. And we all know that. We all see that. Um, 
but I don't like that. I don't like that. I I think that them as a couple, sure, they're fine for now, but marrying each other, I don't know. I, I don't see it. I don't see them being together forever. Um, okay, so um, I want to point this out. Um, so basically, they both say marry me as a statement. Then George asks, actually asks, will you marry me? And Burke just says, again, marry me. Like a command, marry me. Um, so I think that's interesting. How did you ask or did you, did you demand? I think I just put the ring on her when she was asleep. And then I, I called that's her father and I, I called that's her father and I said, I own her now and I'll trade you two, two sheep and three, three steer for it. And he said, deal. Or do you yeah. even remember? Did you just black out? Uh, no, I, I, I did ask. I said, uh, because uh, what what happened was, as I said, I, I joked with her and I said, hey, I don't even, you know, I do have a ring. I lied about it. Do you want to see a picture of it? And she said, no, I want to see it when you propose. And I go, okay, well, then will you marry me? And I pulled out but the ring out of my pocket. you didn't get down on one knee. No, I didn't. I she did afterwards. She made you do it again. Yeah. <laughs> but she, she made you. She wouldn't let me take the ring off <laughs> to repropose. Psycho. Yeah. It was psycho. Yeah. It's fine. I love her. She's the I best. love my weird best friend. She's great. Um, yeah, Michael, Michael got down on one knee and said it, but he, he was in like panic mode, so he didn't really say much else. <laughs> he also dropped the ring right before. So that's fun. Could have dropped it off the boat. Yeah. He literally almost did that. Into the heart of um, the sea. That would have been a bummer. That would have really ruined the cruise. <laughs> also, that was on your birthday. So I we're know. coming up on five years on your birthday is five years no. since we got engaged. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, yeah. Five years yeah, since, five we, years got since we got engaged. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. We're both no, coming up on our three-year wedding anniversaries, right? No, four. Is it four? We were both engaged it's for four. one year? Yeah. Yeah. 2018. That's right. 2018. It's a mm-hmm. good year. It's a good year. Good times. The before times. Anyone who gets um, married in the year 2018 will have uh, two things in life. Uh, they will never, ever get divorced. Uh, and... If they happen to know another spouse of that relationship who also got married in that year, they'll have a very successful podcast. Hmm, perfect. I, I do know someone who got married that year who is divorced, but but we can talk about that later. Mm, um, I do too, don't I? Yep. <laughs> Shout out! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, okay, so that's the end of the episode. Um so first we'll rate it, and then we're going to get some steaming hot predictions from you, bitch. All right, so you rate it first. This this bug has crawled all the way around the room to get to me. <laughs> it's a silverfish. Uh, I'm giving this episode a fellow point eight, four point eight. Wow. Yeah. I am not. <laughs> Are you giving it a five? No. Um. Here's the thing before, before you, oh, no, no, go ahead and give me your, give me, give give us your number. Give us your number. Three. This I think is the, the, the largest we have not seen. Eye yeah. To eye this on. is for sure. The biggest gap we've had. I go just, for it. you. Yeah. I just think for me, like, again, you know that I like to be shocked and I like to not yeah. see things coming. I did not see Burke proposing to Christina and I definitely yeah. did not see George proposing to Callie. Uh, also there was just a lot of other drama in the show that I, I, I really 
enjoyed and and the scene with mm-hmm. uh the the dutch uh amish lady and and rachel like that was just that really got me uh the thing that kept it away from being a five was the idiocy of all of the uh the the residents or the the uh the attendings attendings and uh the idiocy of the meredith and derek relationship so, yeah. but I really, I think those last 10 minutes of the episode really, truly made up for the entirety of the rest of it. It wasn't yeah. a five, nothing, no, no person exploded. Uh, but other than that, it was a really well acted episode, really just, and then, and then the, the Addison and Callie, um, oh, yeah. and then the, mm. uh, Callie and the, yeah, the, hmm, and then the, the Callie and the Christina scenes, they're just really good. They're really, really well acted. And I just really, uh, yeah. enjoyed those. So what, why, why is it a little bit more middle for you? So for sure, all the acting is great. Um, I will say I stand by my statement of a lot of nothing happens and then a lot of shit happens. Um, clearly I have many Derek issues, but honestly for me, I think a lot of my issues are like things happen and it's like fuzzy for like the understanding of it is fuzzy. Like when they, when George and Izzy have that conversation and he's like, you have to let me go. Like, what are you talking about? I need more explanation. I want more explanation, um, on the, on Burke. Like, why do you still think you can't be chief? Um, I just want like more things to be explicitly stated. Uh, so again, I diff definitely agree. The acting in this is, is stellar. It's more of like the explanation behind it that I'm looking, looking for. Um, and, and I just, I just want more. I just want things to be explicit. That's, I don't, don't, uh, don't assume that your audience is going to assume things correctly. Cause, uh, they probably won't. Correct. So, so yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's get into these predictions. All right. Uh, let's start with Burke and Christina. Your last prediction was, um, so breaking up by the end of season three. They still could. Um, I think that she's going to say yes and they'll break up by the end of season three. Okay. Will they get married? No, no, no. They're, they're going to get engaged and she's going to call off the engagement. Okay. Um, and, uh, George and Callie. She's going to say no, and then he's going to have sex with Izzy. <laughs> okay. Um, and then uh, Addis- she's going to have sex with Izzy. <laughs> Addison and uh, Mark. No, Addison and Alex. Sorry. Uh, I I I think that they've they've crossed the bridge into professional, and I think they're it's it's, it's okay. resolved. It's resolved. Yeah. Um. Uh, Derek and Meredith, I guess they break up before season nineteen. It would fucking I can't. Um, uh, what other predictions? Oh, Richard and Adele. I am sad to say this, but Richard fucked up. They're done. He did. They're done. They're done. No more. No. Um. Uh, I think those are like the major things that I wanted to ask about. Can you think of anything else um, at all? Uh, I predict that we're going to meet whoever becomes the new chief. If it's not one of those four within the next two episodes. 
Okay. Um, and I'm not uh, saying that they wanna... will be the new chief. I'm saying that they yeah, will, yeah, yeah. will meet them within the next two episodes. We'll be introduced to them. Yes. Um, what about, uh, do you have anything for Izzy other than she's going to sleep with George? Uh, no, nothing, nothing right now. Ask me again next episode. Uh, I, I will. Um, anything for Bailey? She's going to open her free clinic. That's all I got. The Denny Duquette Memorial Clinic. Yeah. Um, the the DD yeah. Mac. <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. I think we got all the, all the big ones. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, see what happens next week, I guess. Um, Derek will probably still suck. So at least, at least we can rely on that one. Um, all right. But uh, yeah, thank, thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, you can check out our Patreon. This for was a long content. episode. This was, might be our longest one so far. Um, we went off the rails a little bit. So sorry. Um, sometimes we just are the worst and that's fine. Um, if you like it, I hope you were entertained. And if you didn't like it, I apologize. Sometimes we do it less. <laughs> uh, and, um, but yeah, uh, feel free to check out Patreon for more, more off the rails content. We'll try and limit it to there specifically, um, instead of here. And you can also, again, follow us on Instagram at Grey's Academy Pod. Feel free to email us, um, Pod at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Love ideas. Love people to tell us that we need to stay on topic. It's fine. Um, uh, make sure you tune in next week to see Carmen react to any predictions that he's made, if they are either incorrect or correct. And uh, I will also react to them and it will be great. And then the day after the next week's podcast comes out, we will be together. And if you see both of us walking down the street, remember. No spoilies. No, no spoilers. Don't think about it. But do come up and get a selfie with us. Or if you, uh, if you watch Ted Lasso, get an ussy with us. Uh, and we will see you all in the next one.